welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Alrighty, friends. If you want to make your way back to your seats, that would be great. If you have a Bible and you want to follow along, we're going to read two passages from the book of Acts and the book of Colossians. So find those if you can. Um, My name's Micah, glad you're here. Welcome to you all. Kids, welcome, glad you're here too. Any parents in the room who are stressed, take a deep breath. You're gonna be fine, we're gonna be fine. We welcome the kids, love their being with us this morning. Um, As Michaela said, wanna invite you tonight if you can make it out to the Q&A for the church plant. Uh, bad weather, of course, does beer, but they also do uh, all kinds of house-made sodas. So uh, whatever uh, fits your fancy, we want to make that available to you tonight. First drinks on, actually drinks are on us. So um, if you're interested in the church plant at all, or you just want a free beverage, come and hang out with us, and it'll be great fun. Um, Seven o'clock tonight. So uh, last week, we started a new series. Dan kicked it off for us, and uh, that series is called Live, Serve, Gather. And really, this is a, a... It's a series sort of going back to the basics, kind of. Uh, It's kind of about the fundamentals of Awaken, if you will. Uh, I I mentioned last week there was an old football coach, Vince Lombardi, stood in front of the Packers and said, this is a football. That's a little bit of what's happening here, church. We're saying, like, we want to be focused on some things. We're going to send out a new church in a couple of weeks, and some of you will be going with them, which is very exciting. Some of you will be going. You don't know it yet, but you're going to go with them because you'll come to the Q&A tonight, and all of your questions will be answered. And you'll be like, i got to go on this thing, so that's going to be awesome too. So we're sending out a new church, and we kind of want to make sure that we got this thing on the rails going the right direction, right? And, and make sure for us that are staying here at West 7th, like, this is what this is about. So that's what this series is. Um, Hunters often say, like, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing. If you've ever heard that phrase before, we want to make sure we're aiming at the right things. And so uh, that means, of course, that as a church, as an organization, uh, it means you you can't do everything for everyone. And so uh, oftentimes you have to make decisions about we're going to spend money and energy and time on this, this, and this, but not those other things. And so as a part of the history of Awaken, we've had some of those conversations about what do we do and should we do this or should we not do that? Uh, And we've said yes to some things and no to others, which begs the question then, like, what's the criteria by which one decides, right? Who gets to choose the things that we invest in and we focus on? Is that, like, the pastor, the lead pastor, he gets to decide? Or is it the board, they get to decide? Or the first lady, she gets to decide in some churches? You know, first lady. Um, Or is it the person with the most power in the room? Like, who gets to decide, right? And I would argue that mission and vision drive the answer to that question, whether you work for Walmart or you go to Awaken. What we decide to spend time and energy and invest our resources in are driven by, first and foremost, why do we exist? And then, what's the picture of the preferred future that we see? What's the vision? Like, how will that take shape? And so that's what this series is about, mission and vision. And I would argue, and I would argue this because I feel pretty strongly about it, that Any church that calls themselves a church and follows Jesus has the same mission. And that is to partner with God for the renewal of all things. So any church on planet Earth, if they follow Jesus and they say we're a church, I would argue at the most fundamental or the highest level, the purpose or the mission, the reason why they exist is because they've invited, they've been invited by God to partner in this work of renewal in the world. So then the question is, what will that look like and how will that take shape? 
And so for us at Awaken, we've articulated that in a couple of areas or rhythms. Live, serve, and gather. So that's what we're exploring. Last week, Dan kicked off this idea of live. And what do we mean when we say live? Live is about, essentially, us living our lives outside of Sunday morning. And it's about creating and, and cultivating spaces for authentic community, for that to happen in our lives. I would say vital to Christian spirituality, and really any spirituality, if I'm being honest, is authentic community. A place where you're known and where you know others in authentic and real ways. Beyond, hello, my name is such and such, I've got a cup of coffee on Sunday morning. Right? Past that. If God is relationality in essence, and we're made in the image of God, then it would make sense that we too are built for, made for relationship. So at Awaken, from the very beginning, we've worked hard to cultivate and create spaces outside of Sunday for community to happen. Uh, entrusting in honest relationships, spiritual formation and discipleship and life change happens. And this, as beautiful as this is, and as much as I, am, I like this, because I feel like it taps into what I love to do the most, it's not adequate enough. If this is all your experience, if this is all you experience in Christianity, like coming on a Sunday morning, it's not enough. It will at some point be inadequate. And I would argue that what you're really looking for, what you're really after, is relationship. Honest relationship where you're known and where you know others. And we have to be honest about the bounds of this experience. And so then... We talked about cultivating community outside of Sunday morning. And so that's one of the first things Dan's going to be doing out of the gate, cultivating that at Awaken East. And of course, at Awaken West 7th, we've been doing that from the beginning, and we're going to keep doing that. So life groups, these groups that we have meeting all throughout the city, throughout the month, they're essential, they're vital to spirituality, to our journey together. So if you're not involved in one of those, I'd encourage you to think about it. Because that's part of one of these three rhythms that we're saying we're going to spend energy and effort here because it's important. Make sense? So this morning we want to talk about serve. And what we mean by serve, I want to explore maybe uh, best with a question. So I was around the age of five-ish, just a young toddler, tyke, and my mom took me to the grocery store. I think it was an old Nolan's down off of Minnehaha. And we, my dad, uh, he chewed hubba bubba Gum. Do you guys remember Hubba Bubba? It came in like the brick with the five pieces in it. I was actually at SA the other night on Friday, and I went in there. I'm like, oh my gosh, Hubba Bubba, I have to get one of these. I'm going to tell the story. And then my kids found it, and they ate it all. <laughs> so, sorry. But Hubba Bubba, my dad loved Hubba Bubba. He chewed it all the time. And he was a little kind of obsessive compulsive when he got an idea in his head. He just like wouldn't shake it. But it, I'm glad none of his kids ended up like that. <laughs> so he... He had a couple of phases of Hubba Bubba for a while. It was grape Hubba Bubba, and then it was this mint one that was like half red and half green, and they split it. It would look like a, you know, they twist. It was lovely. I don't know how they did that on a... You ever watch How It's Made? You remember that show? Like, I always wanted to see that episode, how they made that. Either way, I'm standing there in the, in the grocery aisle at that hellacious place at the end of the grocery shopping experience where they put all the things that the kids want in front of them at eye level, and the parents, have you, if you've been there and you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. This is like the cruelest and meanest trick that marketers do to parents. So if you're in that industry, please stop doing that to us. Because the kids are like, Mom, can we have that? Dad, can we have that? I just decided to bypass that, and I just took the gum myself. Didn't ask my mom. I just put it right in my pocket. Now, kids in the room, this is not okay. I'm not encouraging you to do this. This is a mistake Pastor Micah made that I had to, actually, my mom made me go back and, like, 
go back to the store and find the lady that was the cash out lady and say, I'm sorry for stealing the gum. So there you go. Um, so I took this pack of gum and I go home and I decided to like get rid of the evidence, right? Quick. So I go out into the, the front porch of our house underneath the Singer sewing machine with like the pedal on it and the whole thing. And I like, I'm, I'm packed up under there like a little gerbil and I, I begin to unwrap these pieces of gum, and I just started popping all five of them in my mouth. And I'm a small little guy. So I've got all five pieces of gum, this wad of gum in my mouth. And then, of course, you hear the, you know, the footsteps of mom. And it's like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. So mom comes around the corner, and she sees me, and she says, Micah, what's in your hand? <laughs> Which was true. There was nothing in my hands. I had eaten it all. And then she said, Micah, what's in your mouth? Nothing. <laughs> Which, of course, wasn't true because there was a giant wad of hubba bubba gum in my mouth. What is in your hand? If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to read from three passages, and these are going to help inform our discussion about what we mean when we say serve. So we'll begin in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 17. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying, this, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Turn to Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Back to Acts chapter 1. Starting in verse 3. After his suffering, he presented himself to them. He gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom. And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Pray with me. God, this morning, as we gather as your church, I pray that you would remind us, that you would call us back, that you would give us a fresh picture, a vision of what it means to be your people in the world. And the responsibility, the invitation, the, the honor that you have given uh, to your church, to do and be this thing for the world. So f find us faithful, I pray, moving towards you and who you've called us to be, I pray. In the strong name of Christ and all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. 
So three passages, Acts chapter 3, Colossians chapter 1, Acts chapter 1. I chose these three passages because I think they will help us form a couple of questions to explore what, we're, what we mean when we say serve. The questions are, what is God up to? How is God doing it? And then lastly, what's in your hand? So let's start with the first one. What is God up to? If you read the entire scriptures and you were to look for like the narrative arc, like the big story, the meta narrative, right? I would argue that you can find that it's all pointing to something. It has a telos, right? It's got, it's got an end. It's, got a, it's headed somewhere. This last week, I was in a room with a group of teachers and faculty members up at Bethel. We're working on a, a curriculum that all incoming freshmen at Bethel will have to take called well-being. So if you're headed to college and you might go to Bethel, you might want to be nice to me because I'm preparing your class for you um, in some ways. So we're in this room, and I'm talking with some friends, and one of, uh, one of my colleagues brought this, this activity and uh, kind of showed it to us as, as folks who might be offering this to, to people and are speaking into it. And so it's a piece of, like, an art sheet of paper, and on the bottom there was an idea, and on the top there was an idea. And then the person who was talking about this craft activity started talking about gouache. Now, if you listen to Brene Brown, you know what gouache is. Gouache is like... A, Evidently, it's a watercolor, and it's a certain kind of watercolor that is, like, way better than all the other watercolors. And this person who brought this activity just loves gouache. Like, they have a gouache table at their house for their kids, and they do gouache activities, and they paint things. And so, you know, like, gouache, hashtag gouache that. And she just gets, like, all wound up in the gouache idea. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, why on earth are we doing this activity? And so I just stopped, and I was like, oh, time out. What's the point? <laughs> which was about, met about like that in the meeting, just crickets. And I said, like, what's the point? What, where's this thing headed? How do we know that we've won or we've succeeded? Like, what's the measurement? Like, why are we doing this activity? I think I understand, but what's the point? I, I think that Acts chapter 3 and Colossians chapter 1 answer that question for us in terms of what is God up to. If you're going to boil it down this whole book, all 66 books, and all the letters, and all the words that are in here, and you were to try to boil it down to an idea, like what's the point, it would be this. In Acts chapter 3 and Colossians chapter 1, we see that God is up to something, like there is a mission, if you will. And some people talk about this as the missio day, the mission of God. It's the point of the whole story. It's where it's all headed. And we've all been a part of groups or organizations or workplaces where there's a mission that you're on, right? If you can imagine, I need a nickel, by the way. Does anyone have a nickel? Just one. One nickel from the congregation. It's like the widow's mite. It's like five loaves and two fishes. There's going to be nickels all over the place when I'm done. Thank you. Uh, I, it kind of needs to be a nickel. Sorry, but thank you. I appreciate that. We got a nickel right here. Thank you. Toss it, toss it over or hand it. We don't want anybody hurt. Thank you. There will not be nickels all over the place. I'm just kidding. I cannot turn water into wine, and I cannot make more nickels from one nickel. If you can imagine a group of youngsters, brothers, gathered around in hushed tones in the upstairs bedroom, trying to figure out how they would exact revenge on the ghastly act that we had all forgotten that the Huberty brothers from across the street had perpetrated against the Withams. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys, friends. Are you with me? 
So my brothers and I were gathered around. We're like, like, how are we going to exact revenge on them? Because whatever they did, it was bad, and we need to get them back. And so somebody says, have you ever heard of a nickel knocker? We're like, no, tell us more. So here's what you do. You take yourself a Band-Aid, you peel off one side of it, and then you put the string in the Band-Aid, right in the middle. Kids, this is free. Make sure you ask your parents first, okay? Parents, if this is the worst thing that your kids do, you're going to be fine. <laughs> so you're welcome. Then you take the nickel, and you place it on the string, and you fold the Band-Aid around the edge of the nickel. Everybody with me so far? Then, you take that nickel, your mission, your mission, should you choose to accept it, young brother, is to climb up on top of the Huberty's house, there was a way to do this, and find a window near you, and tape the nickel in the top right-hand corner of the glass. And then throw, you got to use sewing thread, by the way. Otherwise, the wind will wreck the whole thing. It's got to be a really thin line, right? And then you throw the, th the thread down to your brother, who will take it across the street. And then late at night, after everybody's <laughs> gone to bed, is that, right? We came up with this on our own. This was our idea. Nickel knockers. So when the light turns on, you stop. And you watch people like wandering around, looking out the blinds, trying to figure out what's going on. And then when the blinds close and the lights go off, just go back to it. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Right? We've all been in those circumstances, those situations where like there's a mission at hand and you gotta go for it. I would submit to you that the mission of God in the scriptures, if you're going to boil it down, this is like five years of seminary and a lot of thinking and a lot of reading, I would articulate it this way. The mission of God is the redemption, reconciliation, and restoration of all things made good in and through the death and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. If you're going to boil the whole thing down, where is this headed? What is God up to? It is the work of redemption, restoration, and renewal. We hear it in Acts chapter 3. We hear it in Colossians chapter 1. We hear Jesus talk about it. We hear Luke and Simeon, or Simeon and Anna waiting for the redemption, the restoration of Israel at the temple. What's God up to? Redemption, renewal, restoration of what? Everything that God made good. There's nothing outside of the, the, the gift and the love of God. Any and all that receive the gift and the love of who, by, or, or through the, the death and the, the resurrection of Jesus the Christ, what's God up to in the world? Redemption, renewal, restoration of everything that God made good in and through the work of Jesus the Christ. That's the mission, friends. If you're going to boil it all down, that's the point. Now, I, I see that hand. If that's the mission, then the question is, how is God doing it? Like, how is God going to exact that mission in the world? And this, my friends, is one of the most profound mysteries in all of faith, in my opinion. I would argue it is also one of the reasons or one of the ways in which Christianity is set apart from all other religions in the world because in Christianity you find a God, the divine, who out of love and grace, out of care and desire, 
invites a group of people to be ambassadors and witnesses to testify, to represent this mission in the world, to actually help make it happen. So how will God bring restoration and renewal and redemption in Christ to the world? You. <laughs> what in the world was God thinking? I mean, this is one of my questions on the other side. Like, you could have done it any way, but why this? How is God appropriating, making this happen in the world? First, through a group of people called and set apart named Israel, and now through a group of people called and set apart called the church. This is why Awaken's mission is to partner with God in the renewal of all things, because this is what God is up to in the world. God has asked for a partner, a dance. Do you guys remember the snowball dance in junior high? You remember that? All the boys on one side, all the girls on the other, and then like that one crazy kid walks across the room and says, hi, my name is so-and-so, will you dance with me? Did you guys know that's how I met my wife? Laura walked across the room to find me. <laughs> right? I was just, you know, holding up the wall, putting out the vibe, you know, doing my thing. And she walks across the room and she sticks out her hand. She says, hi, my name's Laura, would you like to dance? I mean, imagine the vulnerability and the beauty of that moment. And now just put the divine in that place where God says to the people of God, will you partner with me? Will you dance? I have a caper like no other that I'm about to get done. And I'd love for you to be a part of that. I mean, what a profound mystery. But in all my reading, I'm trying to find a way out of it. Like, certainly that's not how it's going to happen. That's not how God's doing this. And yet, you read in the scriptures, and that's the end. That's where you end up. That God invites the church to be ambassadors. This is what Jesus says in Acts. You will be my witnesses. You will be ambassadors. You'll be the people who testify to the love and the grace and the hope of God in and through me. It's you. Now, friends, you may be thinking to yourself, that's a big deal. And it is a big deal. So good. Now, good news, though. It's not, you might think, like, that's kind of, like, all on us in some ways. And in some ways, it is. And then in other ways, it's completely not. Because left to our own devices, we make a mess of this thing every time. Right? You know what I'm saying? You've all been in this, this position right here. Right? Take a look closely, my friends. This is that moment when you give your child a piece of Tupperware and a spoon because that's really all they want. The Legos, the high-priced, high-flutin toys, they don't want them, in case you didn't know. So we give uh, our two youngest uh, a couple of pieces of Tupperware and a few spoons, and we're like, freedom! They're busy. They're doing their thing, right? So Laura and I, of course, are focused on other things. Who knows what? And they decide they need more drums. Yeah, duh. So they go into the kitchen and they find the oatmeal and the flour container, which they then realize are filled with little things in them. And they decide to open them up. And I'm not kidding you, there were flour, there were Quaker oats all over our house. We were, we were vacuuming them out of the dust, out of the heat registers, everywhere. I spent like three hours looking for this photo this week, which then led to this lovely trip down memory lane. Last night, all five of us, my whole family was sitting on the floor in my living room looking at like old videos and pictures of when the kids were growing up. It was just so great. So you're welcome and thank you for that little gift. Um, but why do I show you this? If the church were not empowered by the Spirit of God, 
Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem because the spirit, I love you so much that my spirit will come and empower you and gift you to do and be what I've called you to do and be in the world. Without it, this is the kind of thing that happens. But with it, grace and hope and love and forgiveness and reconciliation and redemption and renewal start to burst forth from the earth right here in the midst of this broken and dark world. Come on, people, who's up for that? So Jesus says, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it. This is what God's up to, and I'm executing it through you, the people of God, the church. And so I would submit to you this morning that you have something in your hand. My mom asked me a question, right? Micah, what's in your hand? I said nothing. What's in your mouth? A giant wad of gum. It was clear that there was something in my mouth, even though I said nothing. If I were to ask you this morning, mom of a couple kids, dad of a couple kids, college student, sixth grader, accountant, mail delivery carrier, doctor, lawyer, hairdresser, what's in your hand? What is it that God has uniquely put in your possession that you could invest in service of the mission? And even if you don't buy what I'm selling, even if you, like, you're here and someone drug you here, or maybe you're kind of not sure about the whole Jesus thing, I would still ask you to follow me on this one. What is uniquely in your hand and what would it look like for you to invest that thing in service of a mission greater than yourself? And I would argue that no matter the religion, whether it's Christianity, Islam, Judaism, or some other form, the wise people of the world have all said it is better to give than receive. It is not about you. And when you involve yourself in a story that's bigger than yourself, you find meaning that you can't find anywhere else. I would say that it's most profoundly found in the story of Jesus, but even if you don't buy that, just go one click up the other direction and we can work with it. What is uniquely in your hand? What do you have that you can invest in service of the mission? Now, one caveat and a couple of invitations as we close. The caveat is this. Awaken was created. When we started this place, we wanted it to be a safe place for people to come. So some of you have wandered in here and you've been beaten up and beaten down and bruised and, you're, and, and you need an oxygen mask, metaphorically speaking. And I would say to you this morning, this is not me pushing you to do something you're not ready to do. I would say if you find yourself there, self-identify and take as much time as you need. We want this to be a place where you have the space and, the, and, and whatever, the atmosphere that's needed and necessary for you to breathe oxygen again. But if a human only breathes in and never breathes out, you die. And so while we want to create that space, and I would say to you blessings, like we consecrate you for that work and that journey, as your pastor, if I never invited you to more, it would be malfeasance on my part. I would be irresponsible because life is not found in only receiving. It's found in the give and the take. It's breathing in and it's breathing out. And so faith in Christianity and following this Jesus is about breathing in and receiving. It's about living together. It's about creating authentic community where you're built up and you're encouraged and you're known and then it's about serving and loving the world that is the one-two punch that's the give and the go and it's got to be both it can't be one or the other at the expense of it 
has to be both. So, my invitation to you this morning. There are like a zillion ways that you could get involved around here. We have five priorities in terms of our like missional impulse outwards. The Dominican Republic, IJM, our work with the Sheridan story at the school, uh, our, work, our, our work that's budding with refugees, and church planting. These are five things that we've decided to say yes to in terms of energy and effort going out. If any of those are of interest to you, get involved. James and Haley are leaving to go with Dan in the church plant. He oversees critical services, which means coffee and cleaning. And if no one fills that role, then you're going to have to fend for yourself on coffee. So if you want coffee, you should pray for that person to like, be identified, or maybe it's you, right? Can I get an amen, James? That's right. Uh, we have life groups that meet all over the city, and there are too many of you. God, praise the Lord, there's too many of you, but there's not enough life groups for the people that want to be in them. So maybe you have capacity to lead something around here. There are kids who meet downstairs every week and adults who love on them. And I'm so grateful as a parent for those of you that do that week in and week out and serve and give yourselves away. There's all kinds of ways. If you're sitting here thinking, I don't know what to do, it's because you're not asking the right person. So come find me or come find Jenna or come find Jane or anybody else who you see a picture on the website, okay? Now, also... If you find yourself and you're like, I have so much time in my day and I'm using that time to invest it outside of Awaken in my work as a lawyer or in my work as a teacher or in my work as in Young Life or whatever it is, sometimes the church does a bad job of saying yes and blessing and making those folks feel like they're on mission, consecrated and sent by the church. So if you find yourself there, I say to you, Keep going. Good job. We're proud of you. You're out there doing your thing on behalf of the kingdom, which we're connected to, and so we bless it. We say yes to it. We consecrate you and send you on mission in the world. And if you can't spend some of that energy and time around here, okay. That's fine. I'm not going to guilt you and make you feel bad. It was clear that I had a pack of hubba bubba jammed into my mouth. And I would suggest that it's pretty clear to me that each and every one of you in this room holds something unique in your hand. Awaken, West 7th, and those of you going out on Awaken East, you have been invited by the God of creation to participate in the grandest caper ever attempted, which is about the renewal of everything God made good. I mean, that's a pretty big story. That's a pretty, that's good news, my friends. And I just want to ask you this morning, what's in your hand? So maybe you've got a couple of hours in an afternoon. Maybe you've got stock options. Maybe you've got a house. Maybe you have a cabin. Maybe you've got a second house. Maybe you've got a boat. Maybe you can mow a lawn. Kids, what does it look like for you to live on mission? How do you approach the lunch table and your friends at school in a way that honors Jesus? What are the gifts that you have that your mom and your dad don't have that you can offer to your family and to your neighbors? Do you see what ha what's happening here? No one's off the hook. We've all been given something. And I would only ask you, would you give it in service of the mission? Which is not about you, but about us and the world that we live in, the one that God loves and sent his son to die for. That's a story worth giving for. So will you 
serve as a part of breathing in and breathing out, as a person who follows Jesus? Will you be the ambassador, the representative, the witness, as Jesus says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth? What's in your hand? Simple question with profound implications. Would you pray with me? And I want to invite you in just a moment. I'm going to lead you in an exercise. Uh, in the church tradition, this is called cataphatic prayer. It's basically where we trust, trusting the Holy Spirit, we use your imagination. So I'm going to ask you to actually imagine, picture in your mind's eye. Uh, and I'm going to walk you through this exercise. So if you would, if you trust me, if you don't, that's totally cool. We probably, we don't know each other that well. But if you would, trust me for just a moment, and I want to invite you to this experience. So, if you could, close your eyes. Uh, create a little bit of space in your heart uh, for a few moments of quiet. I'd love for you to imagine in your mind's eye whatever it is that you feel like you've been given, however you would represent that. Maybe it's time, maybe it's a possession, maybe it's a gift but I want you to imagine holding that in your hands. I want you to imagine that God comes to meet with you, to be with you. And so maybe it's how you imagine Jesus to look, or maybe it's a presence or a light, or maybe it's a, a face of someone that, something that represents God. Imagine that God comes to be with you. The scriptures say that as we draw near to God, God draws near to us. And as God draws near to you, I'm going to leave you with just a few moments of quiet to imagine what that would be like to take what you have, two loaves and a fish, a widow's mite, some time, some wisdom as a parent, a resource, and give that to God in service of this mission of renewal and redemption. And then whatever happens, whatever you might want to say or whatever you hear back, we'll just leave a few moments of silence for that. A benediction is a blessing that usually people like me give to people like you. Um, but I like to change it every now and again where uh, we give it to one another. And uh, so there's a song that the church has been singing for ages and ages to bless and benedict one another. <laughs> so uh, we're going to sing this song. And I would just invite you to sing it to those around you, for those around you, to one another. Receive it and give it from one another. Um, the doxology. So we'll sing this uh, as we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above heaven. Praise Father, Son, and
I think we've got some work to do in the world, so go be the church. See you next week. Find us online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awakening Community or on Twitter at Awakening Community. See you next time.